and thank you for joining us here on Doctrinal Studies with Dr. Tab. For those of you who don't know, Dr. M.H. Tab was born into God's family almost 56 years ago by the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He then served as a Christian school principal, Bible Institute teacher, administrator, and assistant pastor. In 1980, God then called Dr. Tab to establish Gulf Coast Baptist Church, where he pastored for 40 years. He continues his service now as the founder of Gulf Coast Bible Institute, preacher, and author of over 46 doctrinal books. Let us now open our Bibles together with Dr. Tab as our guide and rightly divide the word of truth here on Doctrinal Studies with Dr. Tab. Right, we're now going to finish tracing the book, through the book, uh, with uh, different ones adding to it all along the way, and see that the book of the law, as we talked about in part one of this two-part series, was added to all along the way by, by prophets and priests and uh, in the New Testament apostles and so on to complete the Word of God that we have today. Now we left off, we finished up with, uh, uh, with um, Daniel and writing in, the, adding to the book in Daniel chapter 12 and God telling him to close it up and, and hold uh, what he had written for the end time. Now, let's move on after, after Daniel. At the end of the Babylonian captivity, after Persia had captured Babylon, uh, Israel was still following the book, as Esther 3, verse 8 says. Haman told King Ahasuerus that the laws of the Jews, coming from Moses, he said, are, notice that's present tense, as we saw in our last study, it's always present tense, they are diverse from all people. So after the Babylonian captivity, Ezra and his people still had the book, Ezra 3, 2, in the present tense. Uh, they reinstated the sacrificial system as it is, present tense, written in the law of Moses. Now, the book of Ezra brings out uh, so much about the people still following the book after returning to Jerusalem from the captivities. <clears throat> they ordered the priesthood for the service of God as it is written in the book of Moses, Ezra 6, verse 18. Uh, chapter 7, verse 6, as Ezra himself was a, was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. It says in chapter 7, verse 10, that he prepared his heart to seek the Lord uh, the, to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now, the Persian king Ahasuerus had given Ezra a letter of introduction when he went to Jerusalem. And in that letter, he stated that Ezra was sent of the king, quote, to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, concerning, uh, uh, rather, according to the law of thy God, which is in thine hand, chapter 7, verse 14. Just as we Christians do today, Ezra had the book in his hands. Now, Ezra was uh, one who helped in the continuing preservation of the book. He called himself the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, chapter 7, verse 21. Uh, and, of course, in heaven where the law is forever settled anyway, Psalm 119, verse 89 tells us. Now, again, in Ezra 7, 25, the book is said to be in Ezra's hand, and there it's called the wisdom of thy God. 
And, um, you know, who would argue that the Word of God is not a book of wisdom? The law of God is the book of God, and the book of God is the wisdom of God, and that's the book that's in thine hand, Christian. Now, <clears throat> after Ezra had prayed and called for repentance among the people, he encouraged them to make a covenant with God according to the counsel of those that tremble at the commandment of our God and let it be done according to the law. He says in chapter 10, verse 3, uh, as Paul put it, we must strive lawfully. That is, we must strive according to the law that is written, uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse 5, the book that we have in our hand. Now, we'll take a look at Nehemiah. He had the book over a thousand years after Moses penned the first words in it. Uh, he reminded God that his people had not kept the commandments which thou commandest thy servant Moses in Nehemiah 1 verse 7. He called those commandments the word, chapter 1 verse 8. Uh, they read in the book that Moses had written, and they did what it said. Nehemiah 8 verse 8 tells us they kept the feast as God com had commanded by Moses. Nehemiah 8 verse uh, verse 14. So we're th hundreds, hundreds of years down the road is still, still uh, prevalent and uh, essential in their day. Nehemiah daily read in the book of the law of God. Nehemiah verse 18. He led the people to make a covenant to keep the law. He said to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God. Now that's Jehovah our Jesus. Nehemiah 10 verses 8 and 29. The Lord our God, Jehovah our Jesus. Uh, Jesus read from the book 1,500 years after it was begun in Luke 4, 4, verses 17 to 20. says, And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And uh, he was reading from Isaiah's addition to the book. Now, let me ask you, do you think Jesus had Isaiah's original manuscript? <laughs> no way. No way. He preached the resurrection from the book. Mark 12, verse 26. Uh, John was told by the Lord Jesus to write in the book, Revelation 1, verse 11. Now, how do we know it's the same book? Well, does a book in your hand that contains what John wrote also have what God told Moses to write? Does it have what God told Joshua and Samuel and Jeremiah and so on to write in it and add to it? The answer is yes. Then it's the same book that was begun by Moses. Now remember, Ezra had God's book in his hand uh, just as you have it today. He just didn't have the finished product like we have now. Now this book is still going to be around during the Great Tribulation, 3,500 years after it was begun by Moses. Revelation 5 verse 9, <clears throat> Daniel was told to seal his portion of the book, Daniel 12 verse 4, as we mentioned last time, but his, his portion was opened, unsealed, so to speak, by the Apostle John's portion that he added to the book, that is the book of Revelation. John's was the final portion that completed the book for all time. It's forever settled in heaven and in earth now. Now around 96 A.D., John warned about tampering with the, the words of the book, including his contribution, uh, the last book of the book, the book of the Revelation, Revelation 22, verse 19. You remember last in the last session, we saw that at the beginning of writing the book, back in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses warned about adding to or subtracting from the words of God written in the book. So through the whole Bible, all the words of the book are the words of God, Revelation 17, verse 17. 
Uh, and uh, every one of those words is forever settled in heaven. Um, let's see, that's Psalm 119, verse, uh, verse 89. And every one of those words should be read by every child of God, Matthew 4, verse 4. And as we saw last week in, in part one uh, of this study, it should be read daily. So the word that's forever settled is the whole Bible. The law is throughout both Testaments. For example, Jesus referred to, quote, the word that is, present tense, written in their law. John 15, verse 25, talking about the law, um, uh, the Jews' law. And he's quoting Psalm 69, verse 4 there, quoting David, not Moses. You see, the whole Bible's unified whole. It's all the law of God. So he wrote, he wrote, he quoted David in talking about Moses. Um, David lived several hundred years after Moses, but in John 10, verse 34, Jesus said the Psalms were part of the law. Psalm 82 uh, uh, is where he's quoting from. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 21, Paul said Isaiah was part of the law. And Isaiah, of course, lived also several hundred years after Moses. It's all part of the same book. So Moses began the book. Others added to it over the next 1,600 years. And now we today have the whole completed book in our hands. God has certainly provided some better things for us, as we're told in Hebrews 11.40, than what those Old Testament saints had because uh, we have the whole Word of God. We have what Paul calls all the counsel of God, Acts 20, verse 27. Now, we can't know God by the wisdom of this world, 1 Corinthians 11 tells us, but only by the book can we know Him the book that he's written, the Bible, the Word of God. We've got to read the book as Nehemiah did, Nehemiah 13, verse 1, and as, as Barak did, Jeremiah 36, verse 10. All the words of the book must be declared, Matthew 4, verse 4, to each generation, men, men women, and children, as we saw in the last session, and as Micaiah declared those words, Jeremiah 36, verse 13, and as Paul declared those words, Acts 20, verse 27. Now, <clears throat> though it's uh, thousands of years old, we still have the same book. It is one book. We tend to divide it up, but it's really indivisible, John 10, verse 35. We often count parts of it, especially the great things of God's law, as a strange thing, Hosea 8, verse 12. But again, in that verse, God claims to be the author of the book. Peter admitted that there are some things hard to be understood in God's book, 2 Timothy verse 3.16, and I think we'd all agree with that, but we still have to believe every word, whether we understand it or not, because they are the words of God. Now, encountering those strange things and things hard to be understood that Peter talked about, Encountering those things in God's Word sometimes leads to partiality in His Word. Malachi 2 verse 9 talks about being partial in the law of God. What he means is there, he accused the, those Israelites of picking and choosing what they wanted to believe and casting out for whatever reason they could come up with what they didn't want to believe. Just like Christians do today. Well, I don't believe that. That applies to the Jews or that's another dispensation. Or that's the Old Testament. Whatever, whatever they want to come up with <clears throat> to not believe a portion of the Word of God. And that's what they uh, often do, Christians today often do with the Bible, especially the Odyssean-minded uh, Christians. And so we just need to believe the book, 
um, don't be a Christian, for example, who imposes Deuteronomy 22.5 on the ladies while you ignore the rest of what Moses had to say. In other words, don't be a Bible hypocrite. The only thing nailed to the cross uh, mentioned in Colossians, he said Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, uh, nailing it to his cross. That's the ceremony law. That's all that was done away with. The, the, the civil law is still intact. The moral law is still intact. Even the dietary laws are still intact. And let me just say in passing, uh, there's um, 27, I think, things in the Bible that are labeled an, an abomination. Most of them it says that one time. Interestingly, the dietary laws in, in Leviticus 11, Deuteronomy 14, 12 times God says it's an abomination. And I've heard people say, well, uh, as to the Jews, well, that's true. In eight, time, eight of those 12 times, he says to the Jews, it'll be an abomination to you. And four of those 12 times, he gives them the reason why it'll be an abomination to them. He says, because it is an abomination. They are, those unclean meats, unclean meats are an abomination. I don't believe abominations change with dispensations. I believe if it, God ever decreed anything to be abominable, it still is today. Whether you're talking about adultery or alcohol or or whatever people get addicted to and so on and so forth, they're still an abomination to God today. Now, so the ceremonial law has been done away, but the rest is still applicable to our uh, lives today. Let me just let me just give you some verses to show that. I just read you Colossians 2.14, the handwriting ordinances that was against us, contrary to us, he nailed it to his cross. But verses 20 to 23 of that chapter, it says, wherefore, if you be dead with Christ, which you are if you're saved, uh, Romans chapter 6, from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which uh, things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. He says religious claptrap satisfies the flesh. It's after the traditions of men, as Jesus says in in um, in uh, Mark's gospel, and uh, the, the command it's the commandments and doctrines of men. He said here in Colossians, uh, but it just satisfies the flesh to do those things: touch not, taste not, handle not, so on, so on, uh, that are contrary to the law. Um, case in point: the Pharisees, with all their added things to the law that Jesus condemns them for, uh, calls them hypocrites over in, in the Gospels and so forth. Ephesians 2.15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make of himself, uh, in himself between one new man, so making peace. Abolished in his flesh when he died on the cross, nailed him to the cross, the commandments that contained in ordinances, as he called them in Colossians 2, the handwriting ordinances that was against us. Now listen to this, Hebrews 9, verses 6 through 10. Now, <clears throat> he says, uh, now when these things, talking about the ceremonial work through the tabernacle, the ceremonial things. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, the holy place, according to the service of God. But into the second, the holy of holies, where the ark of the covenant was, went the high priest alone once every year. That's on the day of atonement he talks about in Numbers. He says, he went in there not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all into heaven was not yet made manifest while his 
while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure, the first tabernacle. It wasn't a real thing. It was a figure, ceremonial things, a figure for the time then present, Old Testament days, in which were offered both uh, gifts and sacrifices, which could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, with, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings. That's all ceremonial things, uh, the offerings on the, on the altar and all those kind of things, and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Carnal applies to the flesh. He said in Colossians, those things were the for the were to the satisfying of the flesh. Carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Partiality in the Word of God, uh, in other words, choosing what we want to follow and ignore the rest, as we talked about before, that just reveals our ignorance toward God's Holy Word. It's caused by our having little or no understanding or just outright rejecting the knowledge that God has made available to us. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says this, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Boy, what a what a serious warning. God says, you, you, don't, you forget my word, I'll forget about you being a priest. Guess what a priest does? He intercedes for others. And uh, he says, I'll forget your children. My, you won't be able to intercede for them anymore. What a tragedy that would be. Now, John showed the unity of the book when he simply repeated what was already written in the, in the law of God. 1 John 2, verse 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is, there's present tense again, the word which ye have heard from the beginning. It's the same book. And it says the same thing throughout. There really is no new thing under the sun, as Ecclesiastes 1.9 tells us. The whole book, starting with Moses and ending with John, is about one person, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the Lord's own testimony about the book. In Hebrews 10, verse 7, he's quoting Psalm 40, verse 7, from a thousand years earlier. He says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is, present tense, written of me, written of Jesus, to do thy will, O God. God. Jesus included all the prophets in the book, Luke 24, verse 27. The prophets include writers throughout the Old Testament as well as those in the New Testament. Uh, New Testament prophets would include Agabus, Barnabas, Paul, Simeon, Silas, John, and others. Jesus also included the Psalms in the book, Psalm 24, verse uh, 44. Now, in coming to do the will of his Father, Jesus came to magnify God's law and make it honorable. Uh, Isaiah 42, verse 21, in great contrast to a lot of Christians today who make it dishonorable. Uh, Jesus was talking about the whole book when he said that. He blesses those who tremble at my word, Isaiah 66, verse 2. But those who despise his word... Uh, those who will not go by his good laws. He gives them bad laws, according to Ezekiel 20, verse 24 and 25. And that should explain some of what goes on in Washington, D.C. in our day. Now, the book of the law is a book of words. Read about those good 
pure and preserved words. Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7. Read about them in Proverbs 22, verses 17 through 21. Paul believed the whole Bible, Acts 20, verse 27. He preached the whole Bible, Acts 28, verse 23, uh, stating that he believed all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, Acts 24, verse 14. And we realize Paul didn't have the completed book uh, when he said those things. There's still some more to be written. John showed up, showed up uh, uh, later on to write the book of Revelation and uh, the last book in there. Let me close with this thought. Psalm 111, verses 7 and 8. All his commandments are, present tense, sure. They stand fast forever and are done in truth and uprightness. May the Lord bless you richly as you study his word, as you apply what applies to you, rightly dividing in your own heart and life. May God uh, bless you in your daily pursuits as you yield to the word of God. May he give you good success uh, and prosper you along the way as he promised to uh, Joshua and others. Have a great day in the Lord. Till next time.